so this cross generation uh, bible study ama you know study i want to karibia karibisheni nyinyi nyote wale ambao wana watch wana watch from youtube karibuni pia welcome welcome alafu so this time i want to start a new series okay for the month of october it's a very important series and i think that everyone should be here for that series but wala me come to god god atawaspikia i believe that he will you know change he will use this series maybe probably and hopefully to change uh, some aspects and some things in your life that is my prayer just as i as i got a change or a, you know a paradigm shift when i came across uh, this teaching now um uh, i want to talk about mind mind shift the mind shift okay the mind shift and before i speak on the mind shift i want to ask this question what comes to your mind when you hear the word mind shift what you doing mr peter kinanjui son of jambi my goodness mind <laughs> when you hear the word mind shift uh what, what what comes to mind when i hear about mind shift is it's like a way of, i was thinking a particular perspective of life mm. then mm. due to either circumstances or due to other interests i change my way of thinking mm-hmm. for instance if for instance mm. i was thinking about i can only become a, a local tourist mm. then all of a sudden i realize that there are major opportunities so i start thinking beyond the box and i start seeing and feeding my mind that yes they have uh, they have opportunities and expansion outside mm-hmm. the local mm-hmm. tourism mm-hmm. i think that is what that's what i relate with when it comes to my shift okay nice aya so let me also ask another question uh, maybe to uh, to jackie so these are the guys i can see i can see anwar shege i can see faith nyahera obek i can see who are way Y6 I can see Jackie Kiplagat I can see Joy Joy I can see Peter Kinyanjui I can see Sawesh and I can see Mitch Taufik Mani Taufik I now uh Jackie what uh, what do you think ama what are some of the hindrances that uh, what are some of the things that hinder our minds from shifting Uh, hi everyone. Hello. Uh niko mzima. I hope ni pia mko mzima. Yes, kabisa kabisa. I think uh one of the things that hinder us from uh, having a mind shift or I think a paradigm shift is uh I'd say religion one. Mm-hmm. Uh I'll also say politics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and also say culture there are things that uh, we truly grew up nazo or uh, like let's say let me give an example mm. we we know the way people say about cukes that the yeah. there's a, a lot of stereotypes that go and cukes so wanapenda pesa wanapenda nini things like that yeah. so then that is something that to me grow now we've had to grow so sometimes then it becomes difficult to do that because nikitu you almost all your life especially 
millennials, yeah. So mm -hmm. I would it as well. Yeah. Okay, nice. I agree. I agree. Uh, so <coughs> I want to take like mm, can people 20... mute kindly, Pasi? Yes. Can people mute? Yes, I can mute them. Akuna shida. <coughs> Sorry, I think when Yalikwa Nongea, Yalikwa Ilikwa Nanini Akuna shida. All right. So now I, I, I can go through, I want to go through the mindship series for the whole month. Like we, we'll talk about the mind, we'll talk about the thoughts, we'll talk about uh, mentalities, we'll talk about perceptions, uh, we'll talk about uh, mindsets, we'll talk about worldviews in this month. And, and one of the things that I really hope that will help is for us to begin understanding how mindsets work. Uh, I want to start with a story that I was told about, um, uh, I think it was South Africa, if I'm not wrong, or a country in Africa or South America, one of those two continents. And there was this group of Japanese, a family of Japanese who, who migrated from Japan and went to this part of uh, South America, let me use South America, and they went to this part and they were there, they, they went as, as workers, casual laborers. So they went and settled next to a huge, wonderful estate that was very, very wealthy. And, and you know, and so they became the, the, the guys who used to assist. Come out to Kenya, we have uh, in every rich neighborhood, there is like a slum. And this slum, the guys who live in the slum are the ones who go to these uh, rich people's houses and wash their cars, you know, take care of their kids, take care of their houses. It was similar. And so these Japanese went to this country and, and, and they lived next to a very huge, lovely, very rich estate. And they came as paupers and they began working very hard for themselves, for the, you know, in this work, such that in 20 years, they bought the estate in which they were laborers. 20 years, it took them 20 years to, you know, to work and save and get loans and do all these things. And they became the owners of this, uh, this huge estate. I'm also reminded of a prime minister of Singapore, uh, the late uh, Lee Kuan Yew. You can check his, his autobiography, you can read his books, you can check him online. And this guy was so uh, powerful and so uh, focused in his mind that when he became prime minister, he had a vision and a dream of turning Singapore from a third world to a first world. And one of the challenges that he was facing is that Singapore was a very, very poor country. Singapore did not have an army. It did not have a bank. They didn't have any reserves in terms of cash and in terms of money because Singapore was, uh, uh, it was a center. It began as a center for the British colonialists who, who, who had gone to colonize India and Pakistan. And so Singapore was a place for the troops, uh, you know, to come and, and, and just uh, and, and live there, all right? So Singapore is not a country. There are, it is said that there were no original Singaporeans. In fact, the Singaporeans that we have now are a mixture of uh, Malaysians, Indians, uh, Pakistanis, and just the people around there who moved as laborers, okay? They, they used to wash the, 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 the you know, Izinguoza 
our soldiers, our British soldiers, they used to cook for them. They, they used to cook, uh, what do you call this, eggs for the British soldiers. And so that's how they began. And in 1963 or 1962, Singapore receives or gets it, its independence. And this time it is a nation, it has become a nation. Malaysia offers to buy Singapore because Malaysia was a very powerful country then. They offer to buy Singapore. They offer money for the land that Singapore was occupied. One thing you have to understand is that Singapore has nothing. It is a very small country. And the only thing they have is a port. That's all they have. They have no mineral resources. They have no food. They don't produce anything, all right? And so Lee Kuan Yew comes to power, becomes prime minister and realizes the predicament that he's in. That is in 19, early 1960s. And so he decides to create a vision for Singapore. I don't want to go into many details. But 25 years later, from 1963, Singapore became a first world country. First world country means they have, they have uh, jobs for everyone. They have housing for everyone. They have hospital uh, insurance for everyone. Like everything is working. The systems are working. There is no corruption. There is not all this stuff that we are struggling with. The funny thing is that in, at the same time when Singapore was becoming independent, Kenya was also becoming independent in 1963. And we had Kenyatta come to power and you know, he became the president, ruled us for approximately 14 years, died and, and gave power or passed on power to former president Moy, the late president Moy. And Moy had 24 years to rule us. So between Jomo and Moy, we were ruled almost 40 years, all right, between the two guys, I think 39 years. In those 39 years, instead of Kenya becoming a better country, it became worse. In 1963, when Kenya was receiving its independence or her independence, Kenya was way better in terms of economy uh, than Singapore. Kenya was so equipped uh, economically that they couldn't, you know, Singapore and Kenya could not compete. But then 25 years later, Kenya was in serious uh, uh, corruption, serious death, serious problems, no roads, no water, no sanit sanitation, nothing, no electricity. A country that had everything going for it, a country that, was, uh, that the British had bet that would be one of the most uh, you know, advanced countries in Africa, fell. Okay, back to my story of the, of the uh, Japanese. And so the Japanese, they went and bought this whole estate in, the, in approximately 20 years. And these Singaporeans became first world in 25 years. You can get the autobiography, it's called Singapore from third world to first in a generation. That was a dream. The dream of Lee Kuan Yew was to bring Singapore into first world in one generation. And he did it in 25 years. Right now, as we speak, Singapore has no debt, Singapore has no corruption. Singapore is one of the most beautiful nations that exists on this earth. Now, sometimes you may ask yourself, what's the difference? Like, what is it that, that, that made these Japanese go to this country and buy? Or what is it that made these uh, Singaporeans come from, first world, uh, from third world to first? I remember when I was doing my master's in leadership, my professor, uh, you know, she was a missionary. And so, so she used to tell us how she came from America 
to Kenya with nothing. She sold everything in states and came to Kenya. And in 15 years of her life in Kenya, she had spotted so many opportunities uh, of success in Kenya. And she was surprised that Kenyans were not seeing these uh, opportunities. In 15 years, she owned four apartments. And I'm not talking about uh, some two apartments, when they talk about flats, no. I'm talking about proper apartments in proper places, okay? You know those apartments where rent in Alipago to come a hundred Gs kwenda ju? Those kind of apartments or 150. And one day she invited us to her apartment and it was an amazing, amazing you know, place. And she, she had adopted two kids, okay? Two Kenyan kids because she didn't want to get married. She was a missionary. So she came to Kenya as a service to God and adopted two children and was raising these two kids in a span of 15 years. Now it's more, of course, but then I wonder what it is that this lady had that we didn't have, okay? And the, the thing is, it's mindsets, mindsets, how we think, how we perceive, how we see things. So there was another guy who came from, uh, I think, Holland, and, and I was taking him around the city of Nairobi. And was telling me, George, there are so many opportunities here for business. There are also so many opportunities for ministry. And you see, all these things, I'm, I'm try, I was trying to figure out. I'm like, oh, so what, what do you see? And was telling me, oh, there are so many opportunities, mindsets, 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 worldviews, perceptions, how we think, how we see things. There's a book that's called Discipling the Nations if you, by a guy called Darrow Miller. Get that book and read it. It will teach you a lot about mindsets and worldviews and how they shape us. And, and so what, what, that's, that's one of the books that I based my thesis on when I talked about uh, the transformational leadership or poverty alleviation in Africa. And I was talking about the African you know, situation and how poor we are and why we shouldn't be poor. The problem we have is that we have a very, very poor mindset as people. And because we have a Poverty, uh, a poor mindset, we have what I call poverty of thinking, poverty of the brain, poverty of the mind. We are unable to think for ourselves. And the reason why I say that is because when an African leaves uh, this country of ours, for example, when a Kenyan leaves Kenya and goes to the United States, suddenly they, their minds get opened and they begin to make money and they begin to work hard. Doctors are leaving us. There's this thing that's called brain drain. People are getting, you know, Americans and the first world are draining our brains, getting the best of our guys and, you know, taking them to their country. Why? Because the problem we have in our countries is that we don't have opportunities. There are no jobs. There are no pay. We don't appreciate the people who are thriving and succeeding. We don't appreciate our own, but instead we kill, especially in Kenya. Now, why do we have that problem? Again, we go back to poverty of the mind. We think that for the other, for me to succeed, the other guy has to fall. That is the wrong mindset. And that is what has uh, driven us as Kenyans. And that's what I call the Kenyanism, okay? Where uh, Mwalimu Julius Nyerere said that Kenyans, Kenya is a man-eat man society. Where for me to succeed, I think that I must destroy this other person. And that's why you, you realize or you look at uh, our politics, for example, our politics is what I call the cutthroat politics. 
if I don't bring you down, I don't believe I can succeed. And so for me to succeed, I have to bring you down. In other words, we have to use, for example, there are these MPs, I don't want to mention their name, and these senators who are using tribal cards, okay? Instigating one tribe against another so that they can remain relevant. And you see, that is the wrong mindset of gaining influence or gaining relevance. But that's what we thrive in, that I have to turn this one against this one for me to remain in power. Or I have to bring this one down so that I can become, or I can thrive in one area. And that is the mindset that we have as Africans. And that is the saddest thing that, that you know, I was muting someone. That is the saddest thing that we, have, we are experiencing. Now, other than that, I want to also talk about believers, okay? Because that is what in the believers, Christians. And I have to say that one of the challenges that we face as Christians is a challenge of mindset, a challenge of thinking, a challenge of worldviews, a challenge of perception, okay? Where we sometimes we spirit, spiritualize everything. And I'm not against spiritualizing because I know there are so many things that are, you know, go on uh, when we begin, uh, that, that go on in the spirit. The second problem we have is where we listen to our pastors as if they are the ones who have, who hold the gift of everlasting life, okay? And that is a proper wrong mindset, okay? The other problem that we have is where we as believers never question what is prescribed and described okay so bible the bible has two options two ways that it is written okay there is a prescribed gospel and there is a described gospel when i say that i mean the prescribed gospel is what we as believers must adhere to according to the bible but the described gospel is not for us to adhere it's for us to get information out of it for example when we say that Judas went out and hanged himself, it is not a prescription that the Bible is giving us that now we should go out and hang ourselves. It is a description, okay, that the Bible is giving to a, to a certain story. When the Bible says David went out and took someone's wife and killed the husband, it is not a prescription that the Bible is giving us. It is a description that the Bible is saying or is doing in a story. So the Bible says, and they went and sacrificed, killed goats in, in, you know, for sacrifices. It is not a prescription. It is a description. It is, but the Bible is describing what used to happen, but is not in, it is not imposing that on us in our generation. That is one of the major challenges that I have with the church of today and that I have with many believers. Lack of questioning. We do not question the things that we are taught. We do not, uh, our mindset has been set in a way that the only thing we can agree to is what our mentors are saying. Now, this is what I want to do. I want to give you some notes. Uh, and then, so if you have a pen, apple, karibu, or, or whatever it is that you used to write, uh, get some notes. And the, the, what I want to talk about is the subtopic for today is breaking limit, limiting mindsets. Okay, breaking limiting mindsets. That's what I want to talk. Is a mindset when you get just a few. Okay. Now, one thing that the first thing, so I'm gonna just talk, you write what you get, okay, and then we will see how, how we go. Then I will I'll give you time to ask questions later. One of the problems is that you do not see things as they are, you see them as you are. That is the, the main statement that I want to start with. 
you do not see things as they are you see things as you are if i look at something I, most likely i will not see it as it is i will see it as i am all right and so that's one of the major major uh, understanding that we must have romans 12 and verse 2 says do not conform to the patterns of this world in other words this world has patterns of thought or it has patterns of mindset or it has patterns of worldviews and perceptions and the bible is telling us do not conform to those patterns a conformation of patterns is not done by your behavior or through your behavior it is done through your mind through your thoughts when the enemy wants to take charge of your life he takes charge of your thoughts when the enemy wants to disrupt you and distract you he takes charge or he distracts your thoughts or disrupts your thoughts once he owns your thoughts he owns you and i always tell people the man who owns or the woman who owns your mind owns you anyone who be, who helps you anyone who uh, who can shape how you think owns you okay and that's why even as i speak i want you to be very very thoughtful of the things i'm saying don't just take them analyze them think through them i'm challenging you to think and if, even when you read a book read a book and think through the book don't just accept everything that the book is saying no analyze it when you're listening to someone speak think we do not think and that is the problem that we have lack of thought lack of thinking okay now breaking break limiting mindsets how do we do this now so the first mindset that we have to break is what i call the mindset of unbelief okay our beliefs spell out our freedom or captivity our beliefs spell out our freedom or captivity the mindset of unbelief what you believe can keep you uh, can make you free or keep uh, keep you in uh, in, capt in captivity whatever it is that you believe what you believe uh, about yourself will keep will make you free or will keep you in captivity what you believe about the nation of kenya will make you will give you freedom or will make you a captive what you believe about your mother what you believe about your sister what you believe about your career what you believe about your ability to speak in public what you believe about your ability to dance for example will make will give you freedom or will uh, keep you a captive so the first mindset that you have to be wary of is the mindset of belief of unbelief okay sorry of mindset of unbelief be very careful of the things you believe and be very careful of the things you do not believe okay and let me repeat be careful of the things you believe and be careful of the things you do not believe if you believe you cannot own an estate in 20 years you will never own an estate in 20 years even if 200 prophets come and they prophesy over your life that you will own an estate in 20 years if you don't believe it you will not own it there is nothing that can be done to a man who has who does not believe okay even god in heaven cannot work with someone who who has unbelief in them and this is what i mean when i say that so that i don't i don't want to sound like the the preachers who motivate people you know i, I just want to be very calm and teach and you know just give you 
hata kama sitamaliza these notes leo it is okay i am not in a hurry for this this is a life changing series and so i want to take my time when i say that even god cannot work with someone who has unbelief this is what i mean if you don't believe let me repeat my example if you don't believe that you can own a nest in 20 years even even if god believes for you you will never own that nest because you don't believe you can okay jesus said all things are possible to them or to him who believes all things are possible to him who believes okay period i mean like it's not about prayer there is a part for prayer but even if you are a prayer warrior and you pray uh, for 65 hours a day if, if that you know exists and you pray daily if you don't believe that the things you are praying for will come then your prayers are in vain okay and that's why jesus said all things are possible to the man who believes not to him who prays to him who believes okay the mindset of unbelief you've got to break it and begin to believe things to believe for yourself to believe for a miracle okay it is by faith that we believe so faith is fueled by belief okay look at the children of israel when they were in egypt and when they left egypt okay they were god took them out of egypt by you know producing such miraculous powers okay and when he did that they went out crossed on dry land across an ocean and still they did not believe that even on the other side they still complained now listen to what god did or said to these unbelieving guys these people had a, pro- a problem of mindset numbers 14 2023 i have forgiven them as you asked this is a time when god wanted to destroy them and then moses interceded on their behalf okay they were expressing their foolishness and their backward mentality against god and god vowed to destroy them and this is what he says i have forgiven them as you asked nevertheless okay nevertheless as surely as i live and as surely as the glory of the lord fills the whole earth not one of those who saw my glory and the signs i performed in egypt and in the wilderness but who disobeyed me and tested me 10 times remember the miracles of egypt or how many 10 miracles okay uh, uh, let me repeat uh, sorry let me repeat from the i have forgiven them as you asked nevertheless as surely as i live and as surely as the glory of the lord fills the whole earth not one of those who saw my glory and the signs i performed in egypt and in the wilderness but who disobeyed me and tested me 10 times not one of them will ever see the land i promised and oath their ancestors no one who has treated me with com- contempt will ever see it now that's god is telling is, is t- saying to moses i have forgiven them i will not bring immediate judgment but i will bring progressive judgment against them for their unbelief they tested me 10 times in egypt so god performed miracles for them to make them believe okay but then they didn't so it turned into a test that they were testing god ha ah, my friend god says i'm going to destroy them in other words they have they, they had come out of egypt but they came out with the egyptian mentality the slavery mentality that's what they came out with they did not come up come out with a mentality of freedom all right and so god says i'm going to destroy them 
The sad thing is that they lost almost 2 million people around that wilderness. A journey that was supposed to take them 40 days took them 40 years. Just imagine, just because of how they think, just because of their unbelief, just because of a bad, bad, uh, limited mindset. There's even a place they ask Moses, why did you bring us here to die? Weren't, weren't there enough graves in Egypt? Like we could have been buried in Egypt. Okay? And these guys had a problem of unbelief, an unbelieving mindset. Second mindset is what I call the limiting mindset. Okay? There's unbelief. Or you don't believe anything. Then there's the other one you believe. He asked you to. Well, I believe I will own something in 20 years, but not an estate, maybe a house. Okay? So you have a limited mindset. You have a limited uh, belief such that when, you, when your mind is thinking, you do not, uh, your mindset is set at a certain angle at a certain time. Okay? Now, the statement here is, we never rise above the boundaries of our limited, uh, our limiting mindsets. The moment you set boundaries in your mind, that's it. You don't need, you don't need anyone to imprison you. You're already a prisoner, okay? And there is nothing as bad as mental chains. You are in chains, but those chains are in your mind. There is nothing as bad as that. Mental chains, okay? Now, so the question that I want to ask you is, what mindsets still limit you? Is it your father who told you you will never, you will never become anything in this life? Is it your mom who has always questioned your ability to do things? Is it your brother? Is it your sister who has always laughed uh, at, at the things you thought were serious? Is it your job, okay, that has shaped you to believe that you have to earn a particular salary in life? What is this thing that has shaped your mind? Okay, identify them. Identify these things. Do you and, and then ask, do you think those limiting mindsets need adjusting? Who told you that your life in all your life, you will only live in an SP for the rest of your life. Who told you that? All right? So you need to begin to work on those mindsets and understand that we rise as high as our predominant thoughts, our predominant thoughts, the thoughts that you think about. We, you, we rise as high as our predominant noble thoughts or good thoughts. We rise as high as our good thoughts, okay? Or descend as low as our debilitating thoughts or our bad thoughts. We rise as high as our good thoughts and we fall or go as low as our bad thoughts. Let me repeat that statement again because it's a very loaded and very powerful statement. You will rise only as high in your life as your good thoughts and you will go as low as your bad thoughts. It's a fact of life. It's a given fact, okay? And so we need to begin to work on how we think about things, how we see things, our perceptions, our thoughts. We need to start thinking about The number three thing that you have to understand is that perception colors perspective. Perception colors perspective, okay? Now, 
And a visa is say, you are not a victim of circumstances, but of perceptions. You are not a victim of circumstances. You are a victim of perceptions. Let me give you, uh, share, you know, a brief uh, illustration that I read somewhere some time back. You are not a victim. Let me repeat. You are not a victim of circumstances. You are a victim of perceptions. So there was this guy. I think I've shared this story before, but let me just repeat. There was this guy who was walking, and he was walking uh, looking for a city or for a place that he could stay. And he walked and walked and walked for many miles until he got to this city that was guarded, you know, on a huge, huge uh, gate and wall. And so he looked, there was an old man who was seated out, outside up or up at the gate. And this old man, you know, was just seated there relaxing. And so this guy who was traveling asked the old man, how are the people in this city? Are they good or bad? And the old man uh, looked at him and say, and, and answered with a question and asked this young man, how were the people from the city you came from? And the young man said, oh, the people from the city I came from were selfish people. They were bad people. They were unkind people. They were unloving. They were bad, bad, bad to me. They had a bad attitude. And the old man said, the people in this city are unkind. They are unloving. They are the same as the ones of the city you've come from. And so this man was so, this young man was so discouraged and he decided, ah, okay, so let me keep walking. So he kept walking and came to another city and found an old woman, you know, seated at the gate again. And, and he asked this old woman, oh, hello, mama. Uh, how are the people in this city? And, and the, the woman said, uh, where, how are the people from the city you came from? How was, this, how was that city? And the man said, oh, the city was bad. The city was corrupt. The city was this, you know, every negative thing that he could say. And eventually this woman responded and said, well, you will not find it very different in this city. The city is corrupt, the city is selfish, the city is unkind, the city is unloving. This man was very discouraged again. And so he kept walking and came to another city. And he found a young man seated at the gate and asked, oh, hello, young man. I have walked many, many miles. Uh, tell me, how is this city? Is it a good city? Is it a bad city? Is it a city that welcomes visitors? The young man looked at him and said, how was the city that you came from? And this man said, oh, the city was bad. The city was this. This is the third time he hasn't learned his lesson. And the young man said, well, uh, this city is also the, the same. I don't think anything you know, is different. So this young guy was so discouraged. And he wondered, is there any city that I can stay? And so he kept walking and came to another city. And this was a smaller city. And so he found this uh, person at the gate. And, and, and an old man again, and he found this old man and asked him, hello, sir, hello, papa. How are the people in this city? I'm looking for a city I can stay in. And the old man looked at him and said, how was the city you came from? This young man said, well, 
The city I came from was a good city. It was a wonderful city. I missed that city. By now, the young guy had begun missing his home because he had gone to you know, three cities that were not good. And he said, oh, the city was great, and the city was good, and the people and the food was great. And the old man said, this city of ours is good. This city is great. And you find the people very hospitable. And eventually, the young man found his place. The problem was not the cities. The problem was his perception. The problem was not the circumstances. The problem was his perception. Okay? And so perception colors perspective. How you perceive things. How you look at things. Remember what I said. We see things as we are, not as they are. Okay? You see things as you, and whatever mindsets and worldviews and perceptions have shaped you will shape your perspective of things. They will shape how you think. They will shape how you see, okay? If you come from a bad home, every home to you will be bad if you don't change your perception. If you have come from a bad relationship, the next relationship you get into, if you don't change your perception, will also be a bad relationship. If you've come from a, a bad family, the next family you get into will also be bad, no matter how much they try to love you, because perception colors perspective. You're not a victim of circumstances. You are a victim of perceptions. We are not victims of the circumstances around us. We are victims of how we perceive those circumstances around us. Okay? And so I don't want to go much because uh, uh, this is a heavy uh, message. Like it's, it, it needs time to digest and to keep walking. So what I'm going to do, I want to repeat because next week I want to give you the three key mindsets. Okay? Three key mindsets that keep us how we are and how to overcome them. Okay? Remember we are dealing with mind shift. Mind shift. Now, this is what I've said. I just want to wrap it up by, by stating what I've said. This is what I've said. Now, today I've talked about break limiting mindsets. Breaking limiting mindsets, okay? And I've said, you do not see things as they are. You see them as you are. Therefore, if you want things to change, change you. The moment you change you and how you see things and how you view things and everything begins to change around you, okay? Do not conform to the patterns of this world. We've talked about that, Romans 12 and 2. And I've said this world has a pattern. There's a pattern of thought. There's a pattern of uh, things that, they, that the world wants you to think about. But do not conform. And we said the conformation of patterns of thinking happens in the mind. And I said if the devil wants to own you, he first owns your mind. He first controls how you think. He takes your thoughts and begins to control them. Anyone who controls your thoughts controls you. Anyone who controls your mind controls you. Anyone who controls your perceptions controls you, with your permission or not. When I talked about the mindsets, number one, I talked about the mindset of unbelief. And I said our beliefs spell out our freedom or our captivity. What you believe will make you free or will keep you a captive. If you believe that you can sing, then you start working on it. And if you believe you can't, then you remain a captive of it. 
If you believe you can be a good person, then you'll, meet, you'll be a good person. If you believe you will never meet a good person, then you'll never meet a good person. And I said, no one, no one uh, can change their life if they don't change their mindset. Okay, if they don't change how they think. Even God cannot change you until he changes or he influences how you think. That's why when Paul experienced that thing that he experienced uh, on his way to Damascus, there had to be a mind shift. Okay, because initially he was a murderer. Initially, there's a particular way he used to think. But then when he experienced that, he experienced a paradigm shift, a serious mind shift. And he changed and became something else, someone else. Okay, now you can see miracles and not change. That is a very important statement. You can, you can see miracles, like the children of Israel. They saw 10 miracles, but they never changed. You must decide to change. And that's what I say. Change before you see miracles. Then you begin to see miracles that will work for you. Okay? Then I've talked about the limiting mindsets. We never rise above the boundaries of our limiting mindsets. We never rise above the boundaries of our limiting mindsets. The worst kind of chains or the worst kind of prison to be in is a mindset prison. It's a prison of the mind. It's a chain. Uh, it, it is having chains in your mind. Okay? It is the worst kind of prison anyone can ever put you in to tell you that you can't succeed and you believe that you can't. To tell you that you cannot become anything in life and then you believe that you can't. That is the worst kind of uh, prison that anyone can, be, can, can get themselves into. What mindsets still limit you? That's the question that I ask. And I said, is it your family? Is it your dad? Is it your mom? Who has shaped those mindsets? Is it a low self-esteem? Is it lack of affirmation? Is it father wounds, mother wounds? What are the mindsets that limit you from doing what God has called you to do? Because many of us have been called, many of you have been called, but you are afraid of fulfilling that call because you are afraid of being poor. And I'm going to talk about poverty in one of these topics on mind shift. Okay, I'm going to talk about poverty and why some people are poor and why others are not. I'll also talk about why some people succeed and why others fail. I'll also talk about why someone will start, why someone, some people start something and it thrives and others take years for it to thrive, okay? Or they even start and it fails. Uh, it fails when it's starting, see, God, right? But then I talked about, do you think those limiting mindsets need adjusting, okay? I think every limiting mindset needs to be adjusted. That's why we are doing mind shift, mind shift, mind shift. We rise, so we made a statement, we rise as high as our predominant uh, good thoughts or noble thoughts, or descend as low as our debilitating thoughts or as low as our bad thoughts. You can only rise as high as your thoughts. Please, I want to make that very clear. You will never rise beyond what you think. You can only rise as high as you think. You can only pass your exams as high as you think. Okay? Then number three, which I've really insisted, is perception, colors, perspective. Okay, perception, colors, perspective. Your perception about life will color your perspective 
about light, how you perceive light. And so there, I'm giving a story of this guy who was moving from one city to the next, right? So I'm very happy that all of you guys came on time. I am sorry for the guys who are coming in now, okay? Still, it's better, that, <laughs> better late than never, uh, but I hope that you'll get this whole series. Now, is there any question? I am expecting questions. Uh, so I'm, I'm done with today's introduction lesson. Uh, that was the introduction. We will go into the meat as, as you go along. So if you have a question, uh, this is your time now. If you have a question, uh, you, can, you can raise your hand so that Nikuone, and then, um, then I'm going to give you a chance to ask questions. All right, then, no questions. Higher. Because if you don't ask questions, i.e., it means uh, so now uh, any takeaways? Let me hear takeaways. Uh, what what has stood out for you? To uh, Peter Kenyanjui, son of Jambi. What's your takeaway? Or what would you like to add to, to that teaching? Yeah. Yeah. How are you? What's on? So what's your takeaway for do you have a question and, and what's your takeaway? For a question, maybe as, as we advance. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what 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 probably I would say is uh, we get to learn what 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 is limiting us uh, our, our thought thoughts mm -hmm. if the devil wants to get to you he gets he, he he tries to get into your thoughts and in a way try and manipulate you into thinking otherwise so probably you have potential to be the best at what you're doing but because uh, is that manipulation of your mind then you 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 don't even uh you don't even put in the effort you don't even work towards it you just give up mm. yeah something something close to that okay yeah nice all right i agree okay jackie let me hear uh keep lagat jackie keep lagat because i see another jacqueline uh, you take away and then to steer Charlene. Um, I have a question. Yes. Uh, what's the difference between being, uh, when it comes to story and mindset, Naku think positive, na stories are perceptions. What's the difference between being overconfident in um, in how you think? Okay. Um, and possibly because now Kutakwana story are having a mindset and now uh, getting to believe actually what God has in store for you and stuff like that. Now, where do we cross the line? Then to yeah. how we, where do we cross yeah. the line? Hello? Yes, yes, I can hear you. Yeah, where do we cross the line and say now, now we like Nika to be overconfident in our thinking. I don't know if my question makes sense. Yes, yes. Okay. Yes. All right. 
Okay. So let me answer that. I, I think one of the things uh, that I love in life is being overconfident. It is better to be overconfident than lack confidence. But having said that, I also have to say that when you're thinking, there's also something called realistic thinking. All right. There's a, I don't know, come on, if I'm a series called BS or I did something. I don't know whether I did something to, to, on thought and thinking, or it was a training I did on leadership. And I, I was talking about realistic thinking. And I was talking about different types of thinking, different ways of how people think. And one of those ways was the realistic thinking aspect. Okay. Kulikuwa na positive thinking, kulikuwa realistic thinking, kulikuwa na just a few more that I can't remember now. But maybe I will mention some of them even as we go along so that I'm also able to balance uh, what Jackie is asking. Because then it can be very sad for someone to listen to this uh, you know, broadcast and then they go out and they, they think they want to become president in 2022 and they have never been in politics. You know? So now that's what we call unrealistic thinking. But with proper strategy, I can train you to, to think to you know, in a way that you become president, but not in 2022, maybe uh, in, in the next 20, 25 years, all right? But you maintain that thought. So when you are thinking and when you are using your mind and, and when you are shaping perceptions and mindsets and worldviews, you also have to be, to shape the realistic worldview. This is the reality, okay? And accept the reality as it is, and then once you accept the reality as it is, begin to think how you will move beyond that reality, okay? How you will, uh, it is now this mindset, that's what I'm talking about. It is this mindset that will help you move beyond that reality, okay? So I am not talking about the, uh, so please don't misunderstand, I'm not talking about you thinking your way into something, all right? I'm talking about you using your mind to properly channel the energy of the mind and the thoughts into the right use every day. I'm not talking about 20 years. I'm talking about tomorrow. When you wake up in the morning, what thoughts are you entertaining in your mind? Are you reading a good book? Are you listening to a good video? Or are you listening? Do you have some guys around you who are inspiring? What kind of people are your friends? Okay. And if you begin to think critically, because yeah, there's also critical thinking, if you begin to think critically about your life, you will realize that there are so many things that need to go. There are so many people that need to go and there are other things that need to change. The problem is we always know these things need to change, but we never change them. So I'm not talking about the thoughts of you being overconfident. For example, if you want to be Safaricom CEO, you can be and you will be, but it won't happen in, in the next one year because the realistic thinking tells you that there are processes that you have to go through. There are things that you need to get trained on so that you can run easily. You can run Safaricom. Right? If it was to come to you now, it would break you. And that's why we are seeing a lot of celebrity people, celebrities in our nation, facing uh, a lot of challenges, you know, in this life, 
all right? And so we have to begin to think about all these things in our lives. You know, celebrities are getting, you know, on a particular number of scandals. Uh, let me just switch off my video kidogo. Uh, celebrities, sorry, celebrities are facing a lot of scandals in this life. They are facing, uh, because they got success too fast, okay? It's like they overthought uh, success and they got success too fast. And so I'm not talking about the overconfidence. And I hope I'm answering Jack and everyone else when you're gonna, uh, you know, a question in regards to overthinking or overconfidence. And that's the problem that we have today. People are overconfident and they are thinking about things that are unrealistic, okay? And so for you to balance that, we go to do, we will mention something about uh, different ways of thought, uh, different ways of thinking, I'm back, different ways of thinking. And once we mention those things, then uh, we will begin to understand the right way to think and the right way to shape our minds and our mindsets such that we are able to not overexpect and also not underexpect in what we want to do, okay? But then aim higher and higher on a daily basis. It's not something that you will try tomorrow and it works, but it's something that you begin to practice in your mind, to practice every day, to shape your mind, to see things the right way, all right? So I am, I think I've, I've taken the questions and our time in the end. Uh, so what I'm gonna do is, I want to encourage you to go and read about uh, the mindsets and thoughts and what we think about in life and how we think about things and why Africa, especially, why we Africans are not thriving, okay? Uh, in many, many things, why are we not becoming what we are supposed to? Uh, to become in life, because we are supposed to become great. Why is Kenya suffering from corruption? Why are we not rising beyond expectations? Okay, That is uh, the challenge that I'm going to give to you. So if, even as you go through this series of mind shift, my plan, my prayer, my desire is that we begin to see things from a very, very different perspective. That even as we read the Bible, we begin to interact with the Bible from a very different perception, okay? Not from your pastor's perception, not from your bishop's perception, not from your church's perception, but from your own perception shaped by God himself, okay? Because the greatest mind that you can have is the mind of God and the mind of Christ. And I'm gonna talk also about that. that we may have the mind of Christ to help us keep walking in this life. So let me pray for you and then uh, we will have some time here just to know how you're doing. Let me pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I bring everyone who is in this broadcast before your presence. And I bless them. And I ask that, Lord, you may anoint us and give us new minds in the name of Jesus Christ, that you may help us to think anew, to think afresh. Give us a mind shift, oh God, that we may begin to think like you, to see things like you, to perceive things the way you do in the precious name of Jesus Christ. 
We thank you and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen. 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 Amen.